Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is about sex. If you're faint-hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen, but you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships. Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners, and nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. Good afternoon, everybody. Hi, Tracy. It's great to see you across the pond, as usual. Afternoon? How do you know it's afternoon? Because you're at five o'clock, I'm at nine o'clock. <laughs> so it's good morning, Kelsey. Good morning, <laughs> Thank Kelsey. You. Right. She, you're I'm at the end good. of your day. I'm really good. We're getting, yeah, it's the end of our day. I've been racing around today, actually. And we need to say that this is number 10 in season four. So we will be taking a little break. We take four weeks off in between um, seasons. So this will be the last, and then in another four weeks, we'll be back. So just so everybody knows what's going on, because last time we were all a bit confused. And the other thing, little admin thing, somebody, you know, we talk about sex and sex during your period. Yes, I do remember. Kelsey, you God, it that. makes me sick to think about it, but yes. <laughs> well, somebody wrote in, I thought, God, I can't believe we didn't even flag this up. She said, she just listened to that podcast and said she wanted to flag up a menstrual cup. And we didn't oh, yeah. talk about that. And she uses one, um, it's called, she's called the Ziggy Cup or something. It has no little, a little pull handle thing so you can have non-messy sex while on your period. And I just thought, I can remember at the start of that thinking we must mention it and then forgetting to mention it. I used so. to have, I used to use that in between yeah. kids maybe. It was called a Diva Cup. I mean, Oh yeah, same thing, yeah. It's great. It is, it takes a little bit getting used to when you have to empty that thing in like a public bathroom and it is like a murder scene. Yeah. <laughs> And you're just like, what do I do right? What do I do next? Because I don't, that's the only problem with that. You almost need to be in a private place where you're near a mm. sink because it's, but it really is. It's an, a brilliant idea. I just, I never had sex with it. No. Well, she says she had sex with it, but no one ever knew, she and her husband didn't, or partner didn't even know. So God, they don't great. know anything, do they? They're so dumb. <laughs> Bless them. All. No, do just kidding. Things. Okay. Right. Let's get started. We've got some really actually great questions today. Okay. First question. I grew up with religious parents, and I've had it drummed into me from a very early age that sex is for procreation, not recreation. You do it to have kids and not for pleasure. I'm now married to a man who isn't religious and has taught me that sex is something adults enjoy. I know intellectually that he's right, but it's like my body hasn't caught up. I still find it very difficult to relax and enjoy the experience. Can you help? Did I write this? Mm. I write this. I was thinking that this is a bit of your territory. Do you mm -hmm. want to go first or shall I sure. do my little business? You well, I'll just, I'll just tell you, I, I don't really have anything to say except that I would tell you that my 10 or 12 best girlfriends from high school, maybe 11 of them have this experience. Right. I don't think we were told it was for procreation. It was just never talked about for pleasure. It was just something we did. 
and mm. we wanted to get pregnant. So you did it and you knew that it was something they wanted, but you never were like, let's go for it. Let's enjoy this. Or let me tell you what I want. So right. yeah, tell me. Okay. Well, these beliefs are really hardwired. I mean, these sort of things, they're very deeply entrenched. So they're not just going to go away just because you've met this guy and you're like, yes, yes, this is great. I want to have sex now for fun. So don't beat yourself up about it. And it's normal that the body goes last and the brain goes first because the brain is rational and logical and the body is primitive. And our bodies, I think, are probably more truthful and deeper wired than our brains are. So that's very normal for you to be able to make that intellectual shift before your body does. And I think it's from all of the stuff that I've ever read about this, and I'm quite fascinated by it, having grown up in the opposite, a non-religious, very permissive family, is that you have to chip away at these things. You can't just sort of swing a sledgehammer and just get rid of it all in one sweep. It's just constant challenging. Every time you get a negative thought, you challenge it. And there's, I've talked about this before, but I would strongly recommend. There's a book called Sex Smart and it's by Aline Zoldbrod. Now you can get it on Amazon UK for some reason, even though it's Canadian, I couldn't find it anywhere else. But she has a website called sexsmart.com and the brilliant quote at the start of this book, which says everything, is our childhood is stored in our bodies. And I just thought that is so damn true. And she talks about how most people, I mean, we're very rare to get a parent who handles sex well. I mean, my parents certainly didn't, even though they were better than most. But most of us have this like anti-sex prison that our families put us in, but we break out of it naturally by reading or, you know, you've got a great friend who happens to know a lot about sex or another adult who sort of puts you straight. But if you don't have that, then you're entrenched in that. So my first question would be, have you separated from your parents? Because that Mm. is really important. Because if she's still very entrenched with her parents, sees her mum every day, talks on the phone, you know, that sort of relationship, you still, her brain's going, I don't want to feel like that anymore about sex. But if you've got your mum, they're talking about it, same values, drip, drip, drip. You're never going to get rid of them. So you need to separate. If you don't want to separate, you have to say to your mum and dad, look, I really don't want to talk about sex anymore. I just don't want to, you know, I'm just working through a few things. So can we not talk about it? They probably don't even talk about it, these sort of parents. They never talk about it. They just give you looks, don't they? You're looking. Well, yeah. I mean, I think what when I hear you talk about that, it's so true that the body, it takes a long time for your body to relax. When I, mm. And I even think about how I talk to my kids. So I have uh, almost 15 and almost 18. And even though I'm in this new place and we do this podcast and I'm open to all sorts of things, I still find myself playing the old record of sex is, it it can be great, but you can get pregnant, you can get an STD. And like, I lead with pregnant and STD. I don't know why, Mm. but I do. And I honestly, in my experience, even still, I worry about pregnancy and STDs, even though I have protection and, you know, people, we have, Mm. people have all gotten tested and things like that. It is so ingrained in me that sex is dangerous because Mm. it can change your life to have a baby or you can get something see, that you can't get, but it's, it's crazy. The morning after pill. There's the morning after pill. Now. Well, I know, Life but that's a, that's a problem now. too. You don't want to take too many of those. No, but, but there are solutions to these sure. problems. No. And what you want to add into that conversation, we, we said we were going to talk about this and we must, is consent, very important, especially for your son, and pleasure. Pleasure. You, that's what I need pleasure. to tell them about. Yeah, so it's fine to have the pregnancy and the STIs, but you've got to add in consent and pleasure. If you if you can at least 
do those four, you're kind of doing okay, really. What do you lead but, with? Do you lead with pleasure? Like, what is the lead of sex? Is, is, this, is the conversation with kids about sex, do we lead with, and as we try to kind of rewire our brains, is it that this is, this is a beautiful thing that is meant to be enjoyed? Is that the, the starting yeah, of the conversation? Yes, I would say so. Yeah. My parents, which I thought was rather clever, they said it's something you enjoy with somebody that you love. Now, yeah. that's not even true these days because we're going to talk about casual sex um, right. a bit later on. But something like that, I think, is a good good way to start. It's a lovely thing that you do, a way of expressing love and with, well, it's not actually, is it? You could say something, like you just said, something that you do with somebody that you care for, maybe. Yeah. And But it has good, it has lovely things about it and there are things that you need to know about it. That's maybe how it's I'd like, put it. Yeah, maybe it's like how when I talk to my kids about driving a car, I'm like, it's a great privilege. Mm. It's really fun, but you have to be careful. Yeah. And it can give you all these experiences and you can go places you never thought you could go. But you need to make sure and wear a seatbelt and don't ever exactly. drink and drive. Exactly. So why is it? See, yeah. that just flowed out so naturally. So that's start from the sex is a thing that's going to give you a lot of pleasure in your life. But there are ups and there are downs, blah, 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 blah. Right. Now, the more you, if you start with the pleasure, we've got completely off track now. Yeah. But if you start with the pleasure, there will be far less curiosity. And lots of kids have sex very early because they're so curious because they don't know anything about it. Now, that it's gone a bit because of porn. Porn has actually reduced the age of people running off and having sex because they can see it. Right. So in a way, it's worked for young kids rather than against in that one thing. But um, yeah, if you lead with that, that takes away the curiosity. But going back to the question, the first thing, now this is something that's important about what we're talking about here, is the first time you really learn what your parents think about sex is usually when you get caught masturbating. Or some, because that's often when the first time that your parents react to it. And most parents, most kids get a very rude awakening because we don't see sex as something bad unless somebody tells us that. Right. So it'll be, so I'd ask this girl to first thing she should do is think about what happened with masturbation. Has she ever masturbated? What was her parents' reaction? And start to challenge them. So she needs to write down some beliefs about sex from her family, like sex is dirty, sex is bad. And then you put challenging thoughts underneath them, correcting thoughts. No, sex is wonderful. It's a great expression of love. You know, sex is bad. Sex is going to, you know, give me dirty diseases. Well, no, it, it won't if you use a condom. So all this sort of things. So, and, and keep going with however many beliefs. Just keep correcting them. Talk to other women with a good attitude. If you've, if you've got a great friend and talk to her about how she got brought up, what the experiences she got, the messages she got from her parents. So just find out what it would be like to grow up in a sex-friendly household. Sensate focus program we've talked about before would be really good for this woman to go back to touching without agenda. Remember when you just touch each other and then you go through that program? So if she does a search on that, it's called the Sensate Focus Program. And then just keep going. You climb the biggest hurdle by intellectually going, this isn't going to suit me, this set of beliefs. I want a new set. And then just give it time and just keep chipping, chipping away. And never forget the three most important things, which is make it dark, have a cocktail, <laughs> and turn on music. Okay, music. <laughs> Kelsey's three things, not mine. In the, end, <laughs> in the end, that fixes everything. Okay, that's good. I think a lot of people, at least in the South, struggle with that. Mm. So oh, lots of people do. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm 29 and I have had a pretty mild sex life with few relationships and hookups before my current three-year relationship. My partner and I keep it very basic and I'm fine with that for the most part. We don't talk about our sexual past, and my partner has said he doesn't want to know anything about mine. The thing is, I once had a one-night stand with a man who did some light choking, and to my surprise, I liked it. How can I tell my current partner to try something I think I like without admitting to having tried it before with someone else? Oof. Choking. Such an interesting topic. Boy, is it ever. I don't even know if I'm ready to talk about it, but here we are, (laughs) and so we're going to have to. Here we are. Now... I talked about this to women of my age, younger women, my stepdaughter, in her, um, and I expected my stepdaughter, who's 21, I expected it because I know that it's very common. And she said roughly almost all of her friends have had some kind of choking experience. And I said, well, did they like it? She said half of them went along with it because they thought that was what they they were meant to do. And which is horrible. And the other half said they did quite like it. And have you heard of Debbie Herbenick? Mm-hmm. She's a she's yeah. a very um, respected researcher at Kinsey. She did a very small study, but it basically backed up what Sophia said. It was 58% of college students um, enjoyed it, but I think the rest did it just to please. And it's nearly always man to woman, by the way. Of course. It's very rarely woman to man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I've never I choked a guy. No, but I mean, it's sort of interesting, isn't it? Why not? Well, it's because of the, to do with the strength and everything. But Women's yeah. Health magazine, which is a very different demographic, much older, they did quite a big survey, 1,500 people. 57% were really, really into it. And 32% were really, really into it. So that's much higher I think than it, I thought. I mean, I have very small, a small number of experiences with this, but I, I think for me... It really has to do with you have to have so much faith and trust in that person mm. because that can get that can it can turn scary so quickly. So I think for a oh lot of God. women, if a man's doing that and there hasn't been a lot of conversation or there hasn't been a lot of deep, deep connection and and shared understanding that this is something like I always think that something like that has to be asked prior to in the moment. Like, are you okay with this? Yes, I am. Absolutely. What's this? What? What's you know? Like you have to have rules for this. So if it just pops up in somebody when they're in college, I feel like college is very young. Oh God, Kelsey, it's terrifying. And I think it has to be like a. I mean, maybe I'm wrong on this, but it would have to be a a, a long term partner or someone that you really trusted. I can't imagine meeting someone the first night and having that experience. Well, and, no, and the and the first thing is why do women like it. Well, it's because it, it it sort of harks back to that rape fantasy. Whenever you say a rape fantasy, everyone goes, oh, what do you mean? It's like, look, a rape fantasy, you have control. 
It's not a real rape. In a right. real rape, Nobody you have no control. So it's it's the fantasy of being taken. It's the danger factor. It's But it's more ravishment than it is anything else. It's that, that somebody wants you so badly, they'll do anything to get you. And so you feel power over them rather than the other way around. But the thing is, there is light choking and there is real choking. Light choking is somebody putting just a hand over your throat or two hands and very, it's more the suggestion of sort of something, you know, really nasty going on. So it's the symbolism. There might be a light squeeze, but that's it, right? Like a light slap on the butt, like a tap. Or there's real That's the world choking. I could live in. I cannot yeah, do well, a real choking. Yeah, well, the light choking, fine. But real choking, so Fia was talking about real choking. What are you talking they, about? They cut off the breath. The, the answer for me is no. Supply. No. Yes, exactly. So no. a bit of a symbolism-y type thing, fine. Me, Tarzan, you, Jane, fine. But <laughs> then it goes into what's called breath play, which is all about cutting off the supply of oxygen and then the rush of breath that comes after you, you've had no oxygen is full of all these endorphins and that's why people do autoerotic asphyxiation as well. So that's real choking. So when people say they like choking, they need to be very careful with their partner to say whether it's light choking or, yes, I really want you to cut off the breath supply in my throat. Now, if you look up breath, if if you look up real choking, you get treated to online all these wonderful breath play charts, which show you what the colour of your girlfriend's face and when when to stop to know whether she's going to die or not. Okay, that's that's a problem. this is how dangerous it is. You, You only have to press on the larynx for one minute to kill someone. One minute. Now, if your partner is somebody you don't know, if they suddenly get all carried away if any drugs were involved and you have choking, real choking, it can go horribly wrong. And it does. It does. I've read so many, oh, not so many, but I remember that thing, that those students in Europe somewhere. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Foxy, uh-uh. whatever she, no, thank the, you. Yes, the Italian one that went horribly yeah. wrong. You can get that same power dynamic from pulling hair, spanking, tying up, playing sex slave games, stuff like that. Or just the symbolism. <laughs> She's laughing. Or just pass just on it for God's sakes, people. God, this <laughs> life is hard enough. We don't need someone choking us out. But just light choking. So I think this is what this girl means. Now we've completely, her question was, how do I tell my boyfriend without admitting I've done it before? Well, well you, that's a whole other never, problem. Yeah, that's so easy. That's easy because you should never tell someone, hey, I had this great sex with my ex. Never, ever do that. But all you have to do is say, honey, I read this survey today that, you know, 57% of people love choking. You know, why don't we give it a try? For anything else, that's my advice. But for choking... Lots of men struggle. It's what they've been taught to not do. They don't understand it. They, they, it's shocking to them. It's, it's not woke. So if you really want to go along this, this thing, A, you need to make sure it's light choking or real choking, whatever you fancy. But start with a tie-up. Would you tie me up, honey? You know, pull my hair and then lead into that. Let me tell you, you something. Nobody will ever tie me up and don't put me in a small spot. I don't like small spots. I don't want to be tied up. Like I, that is my worst nightmare. Like being put in a trunk of a car. Yeah. I mean, tie me up. Who wants to be put in a trunk of a car? Well, I mean, I don't, well, whoever wants to be tied up. I don't want to be tied up. I don't want to be anywhere. It's quite fun being tied up. Not unless I can get untied easily. It's it's like a power thing, isn't it? It's like, yeah, I get it. 
Women like it because then they're forced to do things that they really want to do. But if they're tied up with, they can't say, they can't do anything about it. So it's yeah. a permission thing for women. That's a negative, negative for that, yeah. the real choking and negative, a negative on the tie for up. the real choking, yuck. Light choking, yes. But, but Kelsey, we might be in the minority, but that statistic with Debbie Herbenick, I really want to know, and it didn't say in it how, what kind, how bad, how how strong the choking was. I'm gonna run a. I'm gonna run a um, a clinical trial of my friends the next time we go out. Mm. Once we're at like a big girls' table, I'm just gonna go around and say we need some data that yeah. is uh, double blind, and we're gonna get it, and I'm gonna report back. With Sophia, with her friends, it was proper choking. Dear not God, I, I'm telling you, not one of my friends out of the 50 people I could ask in our neighborhood wants a, a real choking. No. I, they, they want to choke their husbands for real, but not they don't <laughs> want real. to be choked in bed. No. Okay. So right, anyone who's into more. real choking, can you write in, please, and tell yes, us? Yes, please. Tell us. I'd be interested to know, yeah. And tell us if there's trauma, that if there's something that why, why, and when did you get interested in that? I'd love to know, like, how you get there, you know? Mm. Okay. Last one. What's your view on casual sex? Oh, I love this one already. I already know what her view is. <laughs> I've just finished a serious relationship and I'm not eager to rush into another one. He was my childhood sweetheart and I don't have much experience with sex, but I do know I love it and I'm keen to explore a little while I'm single. I'm 26. Well, well. my friend, our expert here is going to tell you, let it fly. <laughs> because... Honestly, most of us do it. Recent research, 72% of people have had casual sex. Men apparently clock up 10 no-string sex sessions and women clock up seven. So now that could be a booty call with an ex. It could be friends with benefits. It could be a one-nighter. It could be a friend that you sleep with periodically. So there's lots of forms of casual sex. And there's lots of criticism. We've we've heard so much about, you know, this criticism of um, the hookup culture that we're in and sex is too easy to get. And yes, it does have its downsides, but no one talks about the pluses of having casual sex. And the research shows that if you are a person with good sexual agency, you can separate love from sex. You've got a strong self-esteem and, you know, if you have those three factors, casual sex can be extremely enjoyable. And in fact, they did a thing where they looked at 71 studies of casual sex. And their basic conclusion was that for most people, it was a positive experience emotionally. Now, if you're vulnerable, if your self-esteem is low, if you've got body image issues, you shouldn't go there. But if you are in, if you can tick all those boxes, I definitely would. And that whole, you know, remember that awful thing, um, they'll never buy the cow if they can get the milk right. for free. And it's, it's over now. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that anymore. But so long as it's consensual, so long as it's safe, so long as you're healthy, you know, physically and, and, um, and emotionally, I think it's fine. And the joy of it for women is that you can let loose without any judgment. So that's 100%. when you do all the out there things mm-hmm. because you're not auditioning to be their wife and you can do it without judgment. Feeling desires feels feeling desired feels fantastic. It really does. I, I mean, that feeling when you go out, and I mean, not so much now, obviously, but um, but you go out and you look great and you look around the room, you see people checking you out. It's fantastic to be I can't desired. wait till that happens for me. I cannot wait. Oh, God's sake. You walk down the street and it happens no. for you. And also, it's a myth that 
Casual sex doesn't lead to relationships. That might have been the case, not anymore. It's a total and utter myth. And because a funny thing happens if you go out with casual sex, you drop all those, oh, he's not my type or she's not my type. You drop those partner wish lists and you just have sex and have fun. And funnily enough, sometimes you fall in love because that's that's so much better for you to just approach a relationship like that. Yeah, I think, you know, I had never understood it before, but it, it is such a great thing because it's like a, someone you exercise with. It's something physical that's that you enjoy doing. And when you trust them and you know, okay, this isn't going anywhere, but we respect each other. We think everything's great. I think it's brilliant. And then at a certain point you go like, okay, maybe this is getting in the way mm-hmm. of me meeting the right person. Or maybe this, this yes. experience has played out. I think that's what happens a lot of times. Like it's yeah. been fun. We had a nice run. I learned some things. I experienced some things. But now, you know, I, I want to move on to something different. And it, it's easy to let it go. You just say, like, that was great. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. Can, can be easy if you're the one saying goodbye. <laughs> the true. other one might not be so well. That's true. But I think, I mean, I think a life with only casual sex is a bit empty. For sure. But I think if you, I mean, so she's just come out of a relationship, you know, doing it in the meantime, doesn't want anything. It's a, Yes, it's, a, it's a, almost a rite of passage, I think, without all the guilt and trauma and shame that we had to go through. Right. Uh, our, in our generation, I don't think that exists anymore. Well, like, probably, and I think it's a good thing, good thing. She'll probably fall in love like the third person. There probably. goes your fun. <laughs> Whenever you want to have fun, that's when God goes, nope, let's try yeah. this. So, exactly. all right. Well, those were good ones. Yeah, four weeks. Four weeks, we'll be on a break and oh. you can save up all your questions and bombard us with them and then we'll answer five million in the first episode back. E- well, exactly. Sorry. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextoppod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.